to encourage, to be daring, to go beyond the unusual, to go beyond the usual limits of conventional thought or action. Bold is striking to the eye. And bold is our vision for 2021. As I sought God and I asked the Lord, God, in these unusual times that we have been living, in a year that has been um, so questionable, and everyday life has become so unpredictable, and almost as though there's been something heavy that's been placed, a lid that has been placed upon us. And as I prayed and I sought the Lord, God spoke to me and he said, 2021, bold, be bold, be bold, saint of God. You're coming to church and some people might even criticize you for that in this season and time. But I declare to you and I say to you in the name of Jesus Christ, be bold, be bold and make up your mind and make up your mind and be bold. That in 2021, my Christianity matters. My relationship with Jesus matters. And the path I take is the path he's going to take me on. And I'm going to follow Jesus. And I don't care what anybody says or any public opinion or what social media may say or the blogs that may be written or whatever the media may say on the television. I'm going to be bold because I believe in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As for me and the Lord, we're going to be more than conquerors through him that has loved me. Bold is our vision for 2021. Bold for our God. Bold for the word of God. Bold with our love and message to the world. Bold with our giving. And since we have such a hope, as the scripture says, we are very bold because of the hope that we have in the Lord. Let me tell you this. There is a spiritual and a knowledgeable reason for me and for you to be bold. Spiritually, we've received the Holy Spirit that gives us an unction and a power to show authority and to believe and to stand firm in our faith, in our knowledge. We know for what we have experienced for ourselves and is in our head that it, this isn't a feeling movement. This is a real movement of being bold in the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't a time to back up. It's a time to step up. It's a time to allow God to use us in ways that he's never used us before. Due to the current anti-biblical climate that we're living in, any efforts towards sharing the gospel will be considered being bold. This kind of boldness does not embrace the world's mindset of a haughty spirit and an exhibition of self, but rather a reflection of who Jesus is and what Jesus would say and what Jesus would do. True boldness, which comes from being with Jesus, is not brash, hard, or arrogant, but attractive and clear and confident because we know that he has won the battle with death, 
won the battle with Satan and has won the battle with the world and you and I through Jesus Christ are called and we want to be bold in him. Now you may have noticed behind me that the word bold and we're going to leave that up and bold is going to be a part of everything we do in this church. I'm please do not please do not misunderstand me. I'm not talking about being real loud and brash and 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 such and being forceful. No, I'm talking about what actually what that bold word really is and what it's made of. Uh, I made it large so we could see it and we would know what's going on but then also I wanted it to have a look of diamond plate but then also reflective I want us to have a boldness a diamond plate because it's going to stand for we're going to be durable in the Lord we're going to stand firm in him we're going to take the licks and keep on going we're going to keep on going because we're we're made of a diamond plate and not just an ordinary piece of tin our armor is not made of tin God's given us a mighty armor of the Lord but then also I wanted it to be chrome looking so it's reflective because this boldness that you and I possess and will possess in this year is not really going to be anything about us, but it's going to be the brightness of His glory, the brightness of the sun shining off of us. Quit trying to act like you've got to muster it up. All the only thing that you and I need to do is to be a reflection of the glory of God, and God will give us the power, God will give us the source, and it is the Lord that's going to give us the opportunity to be bold in his name and for his name's sake. You know what we're going to do with that definition of bold? There's another definition. It's a nautical definition of the word bold and there's something called bold waters. Bold waters. And I thought, well, that's interesting, bold waters. So I looked into it and bold waters, listen to this, is deep enough to be navigatable close to the shore. It's deep enough so a ship can navigate around an island and close to the shore and still be in bold waters. What I want you to know is this. God is wanting us to engage this culture, to engage this island, to engage what's on the shore and not be floating out somewhere but to engage it and we will begin to navigate our vessel he will take us into bold waters so that God can use us so the world will see us and we'll be able to connect with the world and engage the world oh the world wants us to back off and the world wants us to shut up and the world wants us to go to sleep some of us already been taking naps and we've been asleep the world wants us to stay out of the picture the world wants us to shut up the world wants everything that's about God they don't want to hear anything about Jesus Christ the son of the living God but they'll take other gods and other religions and embrace it and they can talk but let Jesus's name come out then all of a sudden we are being antagonistic and we're facing a spiritual warfare but listen to me Jesus's name is above every name Jesus's glory is what shows forth off of us as it reflects off of us the glory of the Lord will shine off of us and the boldness that we display will be the brightness of Jesus Christ in our life 
in 2 Corinthians 3 and 12 in a New International Version. That's where we got that verse. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are very bold. We are, I think it's time. We start with fundamentals right now. I think it's time that the people of God repent of their sin. I think it's time for the people of God to repent and turn from their sinful ways and turn toward God because then we'll have God's approval, God's seal, God's anointing, God's power flowing through our life. Some of us are powerless because we have yielded ourselves to a life of sin. But we have got to make up our mind that we want to be bold for Jesus Christ and the first step is to give our life entirely to Jesus Christ and to... uh, ask for forgiveness of our sins and for our cleansing and for our fresh start, for a revival, for things to happen. We think that revival is all about the sinners coming in and getting saved. I'm telling you what, the revival is all about the sinners in the house getting saved, getting close to Jesus Christ, and then the empowerment of the Spirit sends us out to win the lost world. I want to tell you that I feel with all my heart that the world has not really seen yet the power and the glory that's going to flow from the church through Jesus Christ. Through an army of the Lord that are believing in him and knowing that Jesus is the answer and he's the way. Now, I'd like to read the verse of scripture there found in 2 Corinthians 2 and 13, but go a little bit further in my reading. Be ready. I'm going to read to you soon. I'm going to read to you the Passion Translation of several verses and see if it it touches your heart. Being bold is, let me tell you also, being bold is like on my iPad. If you were to look at my iPad, I have ordinary words and then I have bold words. That's my method because when I make something bold, it means it's a point in the message I want to make sure that I reach and I share to you. The Lord has a message for the world. The, the Lord wants to reach the dying, the lost, and dying and deceived world that we're living in, in all of our luxuries, in all our fineries, in all of our comforts. Uh, there are people who are lost without the Lord and facing eternity. God is wanting to reach people people and so he's going to reach his people by you and I sending forth a message that he wants people to hear and to understand it's time to step away from arguments it's time to step into the spirit and the spirit of God speaks through us Uh, too many Christians have been arguing rather than reaching people for Jesus Christ we've been arguing over this fact and that fact we've been on social media we think we're going to say something going to attract people and all it is is a bombardment of people who don't believe and nobody's listening everybody's thinking about the next thing they're going to type out and and that they're going to display but the Lord is wanting us to reach a people and he said I'll give you the boldness I'll give you the anointing I'll let the light shine all from me onto you and others will see that there is a kingdom of heaven that there is a God amen We've been talking like, oh, where are the miracles and where are the healings? I will tell 
you they are in this room in you and in I and we are the testimony and the word and the message of the gospel to reach the lost Come on now, you can't tell me not God hasn't done anything with you. I know where you used to be and where you are now. Come by, anybody remember where you used to be and where you are now? It's God, it's the glory of God. That's what people need to see. They need to understand. I don't know about you, but I, I just feel like God just ripping a lid off of this thing. He's, he's pulling it off, you know. He's tried to muzzle his people. The devil has. He's tried to slow us down. He's tried to distract us. He's tried to interfere with stuff. And you know what's happening? What's happening is that the children of God who believe and have faith in Jesus Christ are saying no matter what, all to these obstacles and all to the, and, and no matter what, for all these questions, I'm going to have faith in God. And I'm going to stand up for Jesus Christ because he stands with me. Um, true boldness, when it comes from being with Jesus, it isn't brash or hard or arrogant, but it's attractive, it's clear, it's confident. Because we know that he has won the battle from death, from Satan, and from the world. The Passion Bible reads in 2 Corinthians Three, you can turn to your Bible if you'd like. Second Corinthians chapter three. I read this and I thought, well, you know, how am I going to use this, God? It's like you have you ever read a verse of scripture that stands out, then all of a sudden all this other verses are there. It's like, I think I'll be I'll be, you know, not doing the right thing if I don't tell about these other verses. It's kind of like I can't pull that out of there. I got to talk about this and this before and after. I just, it's like, it's not right for me just to pull out that verse. So that's why we're going to get Bible this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 8. Paul's writing, listen. Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry, the spirit that shines from, and I put the notation not out, but from, the glory, the radiance bouncing off of us. For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with the measure, with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far exceed in glory? In other words, Paul's writing that that one ministry of the tablets and of the Ten Commandments. He says, though, that came into some glory, and Moses experienced the glory of God. And, you know, he came down from the mountain, and he was looking different. He was totally changed because there was a light shining out of him and from him. And so much that we find in Scripture that he had to put a veil over his head because he didn't want people to see when it was going to fade. Why? Because it was temporary. Let me go. I'm jumping the gun, but let me, let me go to this. How much more does a ministry that imparts righteousness far exceed in glory? That once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory. That's the law. That's the, that's the law when it came in the Old Testament to Moses. But now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory. 
Then in verse 12, as I read, so then with this amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. We are not like Moses, who used the veil to hide the glory to keep the Israelites from, from uh, staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day, that same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. <laughs> the veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah. So until now, whenever the Old Testament's being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. We can, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of our Lord Jesus. We're becoming transfigured. Another word for transfigured is transformed into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit and he's the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Do you see what Paul was saying? The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old Law wasn't enough. There was some glory that came down on Mount Sinai when, when Moses received the Ten Commandments uh, and, and the glory was so strong that Moses had to cover his face when he came down. Why? Because the people didn't want to look at him. It scared them. It upset them. They didn't want, they didn't want to receive it, so he wore a veil on his face. But you and I, who are children of God, the, law, the old law and the old covenant does not apply to you and I. Because now we have not received a transitory glory that is temporary. But we have a permanent glory through Jesus Christ. And through him and with that glory, the veil is off of our head. We can behold him in all his glory. And with that in mind, what happens? We become mirrors of reflection of the glory of God. When we go out into the world, they'll see Jesus. They won't see us. They'll be drawn to Jesus Christ because he's the way maker. He's the provider. He's the redeemer. He's the light in the midst of darkness. And his light will shine off of us because honey we don't have a veil it's not covered up we're soaking it all in and the glory of God will go out with us I'm not talking about some emotional feeling experience I'm talking about the living glory of God that, that goes farther than a feeling it becomes a radiant light in our life uh, where the people when they see us they see Jesus and if they see Jesus then suddenly we're allowed to, to to become bold through him. There ain't nobody more bold than an excited newborn Christian. I mean, there's people in the church who want to put a leash on them. 
I heard it said one time that a lot of people in church are afraid of something called wildfire, wildfire, wildfire going through the church. Well, one preacher said, you don't ever have to worry about that because there's always enough wet blankets to put it out. But boldness, they go home. They go home to their unsaved husband sitting mad in the, in the recliner with his beer next to him and grumpy because he didn't know he's unsaved, he's lost. And here comes his woman. She comes into the house with makeup running down her face. She didn't get all the smear from the mascara when she cried so much and she got home and he looks at her and, and he says, what happened to you? And all of a sudden, the light of Jesus Christ begins to reflect off of her and the glory of the Lord. Real glory, real glory. Not so make-believe and conjured up kind of glory with the sound and, and, and with special effects and with hopping up and down with a, a great tune in the sanctuary. Real glory that changes someone, redeems someone, forgives them of their sin and they walk out of the presence of God with their face unveiled with the glory of God going home with it. Going somewhere with it. That's it. That's it. That's it. We've been so concerned about it happening in a place, in this place where what it is, the glory is something that you take with you. With you. It doesn't stay in this room. You take it with you to be bold. For the kingdom of God, she goes and tells her husband, tears run still once again down her eyes. She said, honey, I went to church with mama today. And, and the word of God touched my heart. And I realized I was lost without the Lord. I need Jesus in my life. I, oh, I just have to tell you, oh, the love of God will embrace you and help you. And he sits there and says, shut up. You know what happens to her? Why she gets a recharge. And a recharge, and a recharge. She talks and they, talks to the Lord, prays to God, gets close to Him over and over. No matter what, she makes up her mind, honey, my face has been unveiled and I have beheld the glory of God, and what you see is what you're going to get. Yeah. And next thing you know, the meanness starts cracking and cracking as days go by. Why? Because He keeps seeing the glory of God, the glory of God through the face of His wife. Over and over again till finally, you know what happens? Uh, he, she gets up, gets ready for church, and next thing you know, she looks over, and there he is putting his clothes on. She says, oh, what are you doing? Well, I think I better check out this place. Hey, we're going to go out to lunch anyway. I might as well get ready. We'll just go on to church and then go to lunch afterwards. See, I've heard it all. I've heard a lot of it. I don't know if I heard it all, but I've heard a lot. He comes and sits down, scared to death. His knuckles are white, don't know what to do in the house of God. He keeps running into people. Their face is shining. Their face is shining. The face is shining. Mm-hmm. Faces. Good to have you today. Their face is shining. So good to have you today. Can I get you anything? Here's a mug we want to give you. Their face is shining. They sit down and they see someone from their workplace come over and talk to them and say, hey, hey, man, how you doing? So good to see you today. His face is shining. You see, this is why you can't get away from the shining face. You can't. You know why? Because this shining face in Jesus Christ does not depart. 
it doesn't fade it's not temporary Moses's glory was temporary but now because we have Jesus we've stepped into a greater glory a brighter shine than ever before you know what the world needs it because all they ever get on TV bad news bad news and even more super super bad news with a little bit of bad news on the top. Let's top this thing over like they're making their bad news Sunday. Couple scoops of bad news. Then let's spray on a little sauce of horrible news. And we'll put a cherry on, uh, some, some whipped cream on top, and then we'll put a cherry on it called COVID-19. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And the world's been trying to serve this up and people been eating and gobbling, gobbling, gobbling. And next you know, they just feel alive. Their life is in despair and in darkness. And finally you feel like Charlie Brown who's exasperated and said, can somebody please tell me what the meaning of Christmas is all about? But no, no, no. I'm telling you, you know what it is. They're saying with thoughts of suicide, can someone please tell me what life, what, is there a life to live? But they come in contact with a shining face, come in contact with a brighter shine, and they're attracted to Jesus, whom you believe in. That's why the Bible says that we need to give reason for our hope that we have in Christ. We need to talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus. He's our hope. He's a message. And I, I'm doing pretty good. You see, here we're being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and no veil we and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you say, well, I, I can't be bold. He can. Do you do you see what, I don't think I can, you're right, you can't, but he can. And the glory and the boldness is, is it's not from your ingenuity, it's, it's by him. You just go somewhere and people want to ask you, man, you look different. What's happened to you? What's going on? I've been watching you. Have you ever been watched by somebody? Please don't say it was the FBI. But. <laughs> Of course, that really doesn't mean anything anymore, I don't think. I don't know. I'm confused. But people watching, and they do watch you. Your neighbor's watching you. And you know what they need to see? They need the glory of God walking into their house, into your house while you unlock your door and you walk in. They look over next door and they see the glory of Jesus. You go into work tomorrow, and you go in your job, and you're tired, and uh, it's Monday, and everybody's got the Monday curse on them. You know, talk more about coughing, what they do, Jesus. Some Christians. But you go in your workplace, you walk in with the glory of Jesus, the glory of the Lord in you, and on you. I'll tell you what, it's going to have an effect on people. It's going to have an effect on people. I had people, uh, one place I worked, I had two guys get saved on me just because I just witnessed to them about the Lord and never been saved. One got filled with the Holy Ghost. And the thing is, we let our light shine. 
Let your light shine. It's not a lot of work. He's the brightness. You're just a mirror. He's the sun and you're the moon. You know, just in darkness, but that moon is that great light at night, isn't it? You get a real good full moon or some call it, what, a harvest moon? That it's almost like it lights up everywhere. The Lord's called you to that, for you to be the glory of God coming from you to be bold. And this is what we're going to do this year. We're exasperated with all the other stuff we get. We need to let the boldness of the Lord come out of us and just, let's just talk Jesus. Talk Jesus. Someone starts sitting next to you suddenly at work and want to just start talking politics. You say, well, you know, try and lead them in a direction toward Christ. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the Lord. Talk about the Lord. Jesus is Lord anyway over politics and over government anyway, God. I mean, we do what we can and then we place it in his hands. We go and vote, we take our stands, and then we place it in his hands. Because he's the Lord over everything. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So from glorious, and then I thought of another situation of this bold. And I thought in the book of Acts. Here it is in the book of Acts. We find in chapter 1, the ascension of Jesus, where he's ascended back into heaven. But before he left, he said, he said, for John will truly baptize you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And, and he said, and in verse 8 of, of Acts 1, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. And well, witnesses to me. To me, you know, Jesus said, put me in this because you ain't a witness without me, without me. Me, I'm the one doing the work. My spirit's touching people's hearts. I'm the light that's shining, reflecting off of you. He says, witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and the end, end of the earth. Then he instructed them. He told them. He also told them to wait together in the upper room and to pray. And they did that. They waited in the upper room. They prayed, had prayer meeting, and replaced Judas. Chapter 2, they, we find in Scripture, they had still been in prayer. One mind, one accord. They had lingered for ten days. And then they were in one mind and one accord, and the promise came. And the fire of the Holy Ghost fell on each of them. And they, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it flowed over out into the street. I think it's time we eliminate the supremacy of a church building. And realize that the Lord is too big to fit in here. And so we need to go outside. I've been at family reunions. It started in the house but ended up outside. Because too many people showed up. And too many, wasn't enough room in that place. And so they had to lay the spread outside. I say, why don't we lay the spread outside? Why don't we let the glory of God work through us so that the people of the world will see and know and see Jesus' majesty and his glory shining out of us. And let's go feed people. Let's go reach people. Let's go minister to people. And then whatever's going to happen in this room is going to happen in this room and I hope that it gets so crowded because it will if we go outside we won't have enough room in here because we can't house them here and we'll eventually have to go outside that's because you know, that's really what happens you know 
multiple services. Bless God. I, I, I prayed, God, we have four services on Sunday. It'll kill me. I tell you, I feel really energetic, and I decided I wasn't going to include 9 o'clock sermon and 10.30 sermon together because you'd be here for a while. But I feel pretty good. You know why? The Lord is setting you ablaze. And you realize that the glory of God is how you're going to do it through Jesus. Because the more you get a Him, the more closer to Him, the boldness comes out. You'll, you'll tell people about Jesus. That's why I'm telling you, make sure you confess of your sins. Let's be real at the beginning. You can't play games and you can't take shortcuts. If you take a shortcut, you're going to cut something short. Something that's needful in your life. Let's get right with God. Let's repent of our sins and turn to Him and say, Lord, oh Lord, let your glory fill my life. Let your radiance shine off of me. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. This lady, her husband's got saved. Now he's saved. He's emotional. He's going to workplace. His face is shining. And those at work and all around him. And, the, and when he has to go to Walmart, they'll see that too. You know, men have to go to Walmart. We don't get to go. We just have to go. At least that's my attitude and pray for me if my attitude's wrong. But, you know, I'm, I like going shopping like I maybe would go hunting. I go in, shoot it, bag it, and get out of there. I don't carouse and browse and look at everything. Look at this, and this wonderful one. Just get me out of here, you know. Uh, let's get this done. I got my bag. I'm ready to go. Everybody else needs those islands and those roadblocks in the aisles. Uh, to me, a man, that, that's just crowding the aisles. I can't get around. I got somewhere to be. But now I got to go around this and this, this, this. I can finally get to where I need to be, get it, shoot it, bag it, get out of here. That's my philosophy. Amen. Here it was. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. It went out into the street. Peter, full of the Spirit, began to preach. And the people in the street was wondering, what was that noise? What was going on? All these languages being spoken of. And here's these crazy Galileans. And this is happening. They went out in the street to begin to preach Jesus Christ, Him crucified, that He rose from the dead. As a matter of fact, they begin to preach Jesus whom you crucified. The Lord raised Him up on the third day and through His name. You know, this is a promise. It was promised in the book of Joel. And so they begin to believe as they begin to preach. That's chapter 2. Chapter 3, Peter and John get up. They go to the temple to pray as they normally would go and pray. And as they were going in there toward the temple, there was a man who was lame at the gate called Beautiful and asking of alms, thinking he might receive something from them like he normally did, like everybody else who knew this guy because a lot of people avoided him. I'm going to go to another gate. There's that guy again at the gate Beautiful again. I'm going to enter another gate. Because I don't want to get around that. You ever seen people like, I'm going to avoid get around that, you know, that element. I, you know, but what happens is Peter looks at him, fastens his eyes upon him, and he said, look at us, look at us. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. In the, Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you just rise up and walk. And he gets up, and he starts jumping, 
So, you know, and then he joined the Pentecostal church because that's where he really belonged, you know. He starts jumping and jumping and shouting and dancing and people are noticing that. And then what did Peter do? Peter began to preach to the crowd, began to preach Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, but the Lord raised him up on the third day. And he turned upon him, and the Bible says that the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection and the temple guards, they didn't like it, and so they went and arrested him, but that didn't matter because the people had already seen the radiance of the glory of Jesus Christ in Peter. I mean, they'd already been exposed to the presence of the Lord that even at that moment, up to 5,000 people became believers as they were ushering Peter and John to jail. And that probably became first jail ministry, probably. We don't read. We don't know what's going on. They threw them in the evening time and kept them all night long. What would it do to a Christian today? They had a time of all night time in the jail. What would it do to us? But if we have the glory of Jesus, we've experienced the glories of the Lord. That at all night they're in jail. The next morning, they probably thought, well, this has probably cooled their jets. They ain't going to do much now. They're going to be crying, want to go home, dirty and tired, and didn't sleep a wink last night. Brought them up before the same court that crucified Jesus Christ and the same judges. There, they stood before them, and I just got to read some of this. Okay, can I do that just for a moment? And Peter begins to talk to them and preach to them and tell them once again, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, the Lord raised him up the third day and the Sadducees even got him more mad, probably. He's talking that resurrection junk again because they didn't believe in resurrection. And so it says now, but after he spoke, he said in verse 13 of chapter 4, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were educated and untrained men. I, that's me. I qualify right there. Educate, uneducated and untrained. I mean, I try, but it's never enough. It's never enough. But they marveled that they, this boldness, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. You got that testimony? Can your neighbors say, can your family, relatives around you, and your co-workers, can they say that they, hey, hey, I recognize Noah's been with Jesus. He's been with his talk, his language, his attitude, the light that was shining forth, the anointing was there. And then they told they they were told not to preach or teach in the in Jesus' name. But then the apostles put it back to him. Really, honestly, what what Peter said, he said, You decide, as he looked at them, you decide whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God and you know that's just well here's this guy he's probably still hopping standing next to him oh man I love I, he's probably doing the river dance <laughs> doing the river dance because he's he's healed all these years 40 years old and he's healed up, up and down up now all excited oh look at me look what I can do oh my goodness oh my goodness jumping up and down all excited the Lord did this the Lord did this these men prayed for me look what God has done for me when's the last time we had that kind of that excitement look, look what the Lord has done for me <laughs> they couldn't do anything to him except threaten them to no longer preach or teach in the name of Jesus in Acts 4 23 it says here and being let go 
Peter and John, they went to their own companions. That's a key there. For bold to really work, though it's an individual empowerment that God will use you individually, we need the companionship of the body. Don't you, don't you think that's what the devil's been doing? He's been messing with the body and the coming together of the body. Don't get with other church people. You're by yourself. You're all alone. And you start feeling isolated. But they went back to the group and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea. Maybe that's what we need to do when we start feeling the press of the, of the times. We need to get somewhere and say, you know, Lord, you are the God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, and then, you know, I thought this was really, really, really prophetic right here. For today listen listen to this word listen to this word right here what he says what david had said he quoted him he said why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the lord and against his christ that's today baby that's where we're at right now oh yeah yeah we have had a shift that we don't like and it, it's happening, and, and it's not by the stroke of a presidential pen. No, it's in the hearts of men. It's in our nation. It's, it's those around. So what are we supposed to do? Well, we can do some different things, whatever you can choose to do for stand for right. But what we need and what those people need and what the world needs is what the disciples decided was going to be accomplished when they came together. They didn't have a meeting to talk about everything that's going wrong and what's bad and talk about all this and come up with a plan B of how they're going to deal with it. No, yeah, they had a plan B. It was called plan bold. For as they prayed, it says, for truly... Against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now listen, God is in charge. They said, listen, no matter all the bad stuff happening, it's your hand that's still in charge and handling things. And God's got a good grip. He's got a good grip of the times and what's going on. And, and you know what? We don't see what tomorrow holds, but God holds tomorrow, and he's going to reveal it to us, and we're going to see how God is going to boldly anoint his church. Now look what happened. Now, Lord, look at these threats and grant to your servants your prosperity the National Guard those in authority to write out a decision to protect us no, no, no that all stuff that, that can handle itself just God take care of that this is what they said Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness 
that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus this is what's going to happen when the church becomes bold like we're supposed to do during reflection of his glory and through Jesus Christ and the power we're going to lay on a on lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover we will cast out demons in the name of the Lord signs and wonders shall follow the believers but we've got to sell out to the Lord we've got to have the glory of God radiating and, and shining forth out of us then that's what's going to happen I declare it to be so that we're going to look into an age where miracles and healings are going to happen because the church is going to rise up and be the church and let the radiant glory of Jesus Christ shine forth and reflect off of him. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to see it. I'm going to see it, but you're going to be you're going to be involved with a lot of that stuff. Every young person in this room, you're going to you're going to see it because the world's going to say something, but you're going to believe what Jesus says. No matter what. Because he's raising up a bold people. Bold. Now, a boldness that is submitting. Isn't that what the Bible says? In the book of James? Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So that's it. Don't you think it's time we surrender? Surrender. And let the glory of God flow out of us. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And when they prayed, in verse 31, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Mm. Shaken. Move shaken. There was a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire that fell down on the initial outpouring of the Spirit, but this time the very ground under their feet was being shook. God was confirming them, saying, Listen, you're standing on me, I'm the rock. I'm your foundation. I control the very ground that you stand on. Hallelujah. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Psalm 138 says in chapter, in verse 3 in Amplified, On the day I called, you answered me. And you made me bold and confident with renewed strength in my life this is our prayer this morning this is our prayer from the word on the day on the day I called Lord I'm calling to you now answer me and make me bold and confident with a renewed strength in my life this is what God can do with his people that's what he wants to do with you and I we be bold 2021 We've already found the answer. It's Jesus. So we don't have to search for an answer. The world's searching for one, but we have it. And all that we do and all we say, let it reflect the glory of Jesus shining off of us. Because we're diamond plate and we're shining. God is going to give us strength because we called upon him and he answered us. How many here this morning say, Pastor, I really want the boldness of the Lord. I want to be bold for Jesus. And I decide this year, in 2021, I'm going to be bold for Jesus. Bold 
for Jesus. I'm going to get so close to him that they're going to see Jesus reflect off of me. And I'm going to hear what he wants me to hear. I'm going to follow him. And I'm just going to stand up and just share the words of Jesus. And when the world denies it, it's not going to shake me because I know the truth and the truth has set me free. I know, I know what's true. I know. And, and Lord, if I get persecuted, that's okay. Because if I get persecuted, I'm getting persecuted for your name's sake. And I rejoice that I'm counted worthy to suffer persecution, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to an antagonistic world that expects Christians to act the same way. And they're drawing some into that same atmosphere and attitude. But we will not be antagonistic. No, the, the light of his glory is just going to shine off of us. We're going to show people light. We're going to show them Jesus. We're going to be bold for the kingdom. Bold for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I just, you know what? I really see in this room some people have, have really have decided on this, that, that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you while I've been trying to deliver a, a message. And believe me, every time I try, I don't really do that well. I just try. But I know the power of the Spirit and I know the power of His Word. This is my boldness. This is why 38 years ago, a, a, a little a teenager such as I accepted, the, I think it was a teenager, I can't remember now I guess it's been longer now I get 40 well let me see here 40 uh, three years ago 44 years ago I gotta get my math right it was a little fuzzy there it's so, a 43 years ago God said preach my word I said Lord not me I mean there, 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 there's other people and ever since I was 17 years old, and I've gotten up in front of you week after week after week, every time I go to preach, I walk away and I say, Oh, God, your spirit and your word is true. And it fills all the gaps and all the misses that I make. And I, I get loud because there is nothing like the word of the living God. There's nothing like it. Nothing like the word, the truth. And there's nothing like receiving the greater glory of an unveiled face and beholding the glory of the Lord. Do I have any witnesses in this room to say, you know what I'm talking about? In the, that, that, uh, that incredible glory of the Lord that has touched you. While the Lord's wanting to do it right now with you. Right now, would you just stand with me right now? And I want you just to lift your hands. Because see, lifting hands means surrender. I surrender to your will, your power, Lord, your presence. Uh, right now, Lord, let the glory, the glory, the glory begin to touch us and fill us overflowing right now Lord forgive me of my sins Lord some of you pray right now Lord forgive me of my sins I turn away from my backslidings I turn to you now Lord to be Lord of my life I surrender my life to you right now if you prayed that prayer God's heard you now just lift your hands and let the spirit of God begin to touch you and fill you and, 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 and begin to shine his glory through you upon you and out of you and away from you the glory of God the glory of God the glory of the Lord hallelujah hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Receive, receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive, receive, receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive, receive, receive this boldness, this being bold. Receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just praise, just praise the Lord. Glorify him, glorify him, glorify him. Come on up, worship team, and let's just worship the Lord 